This is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. Have the opportunity to open up God's Word and dig a little bit deeper, study a little bit further, learn a little bit more, and grow in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. If you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us. Check us out in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Bible classes begin on Sunday morning at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evening, we come back together at 6 o'clock for another period of worship and Bible study. And Wednesday evenings, middle of the week, good time to stop and get our spiritual batteries recharged. Each Wednesday evening, 6.30, midweek Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services. Our, our, our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha. And we encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. And tremendous Bible study resource material there. It's all free, always will be free. And you can also click on our podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. Now, again, it's free. It always will be free. And when you do that, you will receive, well, you will receive these radio programs, search the scriptures five days a week automatically to your smart device, your phone, your computer, whatever one you choose. And you'll also receive a great deal more a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a short, about a 13-minute Bible study every single day, seven days a week, that we call today's Bible class. All of that will automatically go to your device, and it will be free. We hope you'll take advantage of that and tell others as well. Now, we're going to get into a line of thought and study that is tough on us. It's for tough on a lot of people. And for some people, boy, it is extremely difficult to overcome because they've become so in, so overwhelmed in this kind of a mindset and lifestyle. And we're talking about heart troubles, problems with the heart. Now, we're not talking about the heart in our chest, that organ or muscle that pumps blood through our circulatory system all day long, every day, as long as we're alive here on this earth. We're talking about the deeper understanding of, of, of our heart. When somebody, you know, clutches their fist and they, they, they pat on their chest over their physical heart and they say, I believe with all of my heart, or I'm saying this with all of my heart. I, they're not talking about that muscle. That, that muscle has no capacity to be able to think or reason things out. They're talking about their mindset or they're talking about their value system, their, their uh, conscience. They're talking about, and we could get even deeper, we could say their soul, you know, their value system, their conscience, their mindset, where they are in life what their direction is and so on, what their real focus is in life. And so they say, I believe with all of my heart. Really what they're talking about is with all of my being. When Jesus was asked in Matthew chapter 22, what is the great commandment in the law? Speaking of the Old Testament law of Moses, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And the Mark, Mark's account adds, with all your strength. Well, see, he's talking about with all of our being, everything that we are. Now, what I, want, what I want us to look at, and I've said this is a really difficult study for a whole lot of people, and probably pretty much every one of us have engaged in this practice at some time or another, and maybe 
periodically a number of times through our lives. But we probably recognize, I, I need to be careful. I need to not be doing this. We're going to be talking about gossip. Gossip. Now, this is a problem of the heart. There's no question about that. I want us to begin by looking at Matthew chapter Matthew chapter 15, and I want us to look at verses 18 and 19. And this is something that I don't know that a whole lot of people really stop and realize, and the depth of what Jesus is saying here is really important for us to understand, and then to act upon in our personal lives through self-control. In verse 18, Jesus said, those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. Now, have you thought about what Jesus is saying there? That, and he's talking about what comes out of the mouth, so our words, our speech, when that is inappropriate, that's because of our heart condition. But he's also talking about these outright evil, wicked, sinful actions. He talks about evil thoughts. Well, that's the beginning of an action, thinking about it. But then he, he labels these murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. He said all of these proceed from the heart. Now, again, not that muscle or organ in our chest, but from our mindset, our value system, our conscience, our soul, where we are in life, they proceed from the heart. So we can understand the heart as being the seedbed for ultimately our actions. Now, are those actions going to be good, positive, godly, faithful, Christian, or are they going to be otherwise? Are they going to be characterized by some of the things that Jesus said? And I believe he could have gone on and on and made the list a whole lot longer. I want to go back to Matthew chapter 12. And he says in verse 30, just Jesus speaking again, Matthew chapter 12, verse 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Now He's not really talking about trees here. Primarily, he's just using trees as an, an illustration, an illustration of what the lesson is that he's trying to get across. And so in verse 34, he goes on and says, brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Think about that. How can you, being evil, See, he's talking about us. He's not talking about primarily trees. He's just using trees as an illustration that we can relate to. But then he says, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, your heart condition. A good man out of the treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Pretty strong language, isn't it? Pretty strong instruction 
warning and even rebuke. Why do we run into people, and maybe, maybe you are in this particular condition yourself, why do, you, why do you find some people who seem that they almost cannot speak, have a conversation, without probably just about every other sentence or so? They've got to lace it with some kind of profanity or vulgarism, and maybe even using God's name in vulgar ways. Why is that the case? Why cannot they speak, you know, more in a more pure way? Why do they have to use vulgar language and 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 use God's name in vulgar ways and the Lord's name in vulgar ways? Why do they have to do that? It seems like it's just automatic coming out of their mouth. They don't even have to think about it. It just happens. It's just their it's their speech pattern. Well, why? Because that is the condition of their heart. Why are some people confrontational? They want to argue all the time. They get angry almost at the drop of a hat and maybe even violent because that's the condition of their heart. That's the condition of their heart. And so that's, that's what we're talking about. Now, why do some people commit crimes? And remember back in chapter 15, Jesus even talked about murder because that's the condition of their heart. Think about Cain when he murdered his brother Abel back in Genesis chapter 4. Why did he do that? That's his brother. He was angry and maybe even to the point of hating his brother. But his brother didn't do anything against him. But why was that, why was that Cain's mindset toward his brother? And then it, it developed into the action of murder. Why? Because he had allowed his heart to be conditioned to commit those kinds of acts, to be angry, to be a hater, and to resort to the violence of murder. That was his heart condition. Well, when we're talking about gossip, gossip, gossip is a result of a heart, of a heart problem. Webster defines the word gossip as follows, a person who chatters or repeats idle talk and rumors about others. You see, gossip is not about me. Gossip is about you or your friend or your neighbor or your brother or sister or maybe a cousin or an aunt or supposedly a friend of yours or somebody, you know, you work with. See, that's what gossip's about. A person who chatters or repeats idle talk and rumors about others. Rumors? How many times have you heard rumors and maybe repeated them yourself only to find out later they were not true? Hard to go back and correct the situation when you've been gossiping about those, isn't it? Hard to make those words that you have passed on, those statements, those descriptions, whatever it was you were talking about, gossiping about to somebody else about somebody else, hard to make those words go away, isn't it? I believe we can expand that definition, though, to include rumors and idle talk about almost anything. Another definition describes gossip as discussing personal details of other people's lives, whether rumor or fact. Now, notice that, whether rumor or fact. So sometimes... A whole lot of times. The character of gossip is that it's not true. 
what's being said. You heard something, you're passing it on as though it's true, but then it, later on you find out it was not true. But again, the damage has already been done through the gossip. So personal details of, of other people's lives, whether rumor or fact, and notice this, especially when malicious, and I would add, or salacious. <laughs> what is the nature of a gossiper? Did you hear about so-and-so? No, tell me. And boy, their ears are open wide, and they want to hear all the details, and they just cannot wait to get to tell somebody else. On the phone, maybe, right away, after they hear that salacious and malicious gossip about somebody else, let me tell you what I heard about so-and-so, and they begin to pass it on, and maybe to a whole bunch of other people. And some of the people they pass it on to are probably gossipers themselves, and so they start passing it on. Now notice, though, it may just be rumor. There may be no facts about the matter that you're gossiping about, but the damage is being done because you're gossiping. Gossip is certainly a problem that originates within the heart. You gossip because that's the condition you have conditioned your heart to be in. Gossip is that is destructive, or potentially so, is repeatedly rebuked and condemned by God in his word, the scriptures. In the definition citing above, notice that rumor can often be closely associated with gossip. Are you sure what you're talking about is really true? And then also, if, even if it is true, is it something you need to be talking about? Is it something you need to be passing on? Gossip can be extremely dangerous. It can destroy the reputation of the person who is the subject of it. It can provoke anger, bitterness, hatred, even violence. It can destroy relationships. And left unchecked, gossip can have a destructive effect on the good works of even the Lord's church. Gossip can destroy the influence of the one participating in it. Now, get what I'm saying there. You can't wait to gossip. You pass on something you just heard about somebody else. Gossip can destroy your influence because who wants to let somebody know or tell somebody or be in a potentially vulnerable situation before somebody who they know gossips like crazy because they, they know they may take something I said out of context. They may take something they think that they heard me say and then pass it on and all of a sudden it's blown out of proportion and it's all over the place and, and now I've got to explain myself that no, that's not what I really said. That's not what really happened. But the damage is already done. People are reluctant to feel comfortable around somebody who is known to be a gossip. If an individual would gossip about one person, why would he not gossip about others as well? That's something to stop and think about, isn't it? So, are you a close associate with a gossiper? 
maybe because you're a gossiper yourself? Would you want things in your life that you don't want other people to know about? Would you want those passed around? Things that nobody really needs to know because they happened a long time ago and you've tried to put them away from your life? You've tried to correct your lifestyle from those mistakes you made in the past? Would you want those to be dug up and passed around all over the place through everybody you know, every association you have? Of course not. Well, if you're a gossiper, why are you doing that about other people? I want us to look at some descriptive words relating to gossip. And these words are telling in and of themselves. The first one is talebearer. Interestingly, the, the English word gossip is not found in either the King James or New King James or the American Standard versions of the Bible, three good translations of the Bible. Although it is found in the plural one time, and that's 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 13, and there it's talking about widows who are going around and being busybodies and gossips. I want us to turn over there and look at that. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 15, uh, verse 13, I'm sorry. And so it's to, Paul is giving instructions as to how to, how the church, the leaders in the church should advise, should counsel young widows. And so he says, Refuse in verse 11, he says, Refuse the younger widows, for when they have begun to grow wanton against Christ, they desire to marry, having condemnation because they have cast off their first faith. He's, he's saying, you know, they, they need to be careful how, how you let the young widows, you know, maybe become careless in their, in their behavior. In verse 13, he says, Besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought not. We need to be productive in our lives. I'm afraid in our culture, in our country right now, we have developed to a great extent, to a large segment of our, of, of our, of our population, a culture of idleness. There are so many jobs that are opened out there, but why are they still open? When you start talking to a whole lot of people, you find out they're not working. A whole lot of them are living with mom and dad again. Now, somehow, I don't know how, they're getting some kind of funds coming in, but it's not because they're working a job. Well, idleness can be destructive. It opens the door to all kinds of potential sinful problems that we can enter into. And so Paul's talking about these younger widows, but now make the broader application. Anybody who becomes idle, they open the door for the devil to get into their lives and work in a way that they, he could not necessarily, very effectively at least, if they were busy, if they were doing good productive things on a consistent basis. And so he says they become gossips and busybodies saying things which they ought not. And that's what gossip is. That's the characterization of gossip. People saying things about other people which they ought not be saying. 
Have you been the victim of somebody gossiping about you? Probably. Probably just about every one of us has, at one time or another at least. Well, now there are related words. Okay, so you don't see that particular word gossip very often in the Scriptures, but there are related words. Talebearer is one of those. And they portray the nature of gossip quite graphically. Talebearer, it's a word that succinctly describes a person who engages in gossip. It's the idea of tale-bearing, going about telling tales. You're going from person to person. You're passing this, this tale on. What, what is the tale about? Well, it's about another person, something they've done, something they've said, something they're engaged in, supposedly, but it may not even be true, or at least not completely true. And it was specifically condemned under the law of Moses. Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 16, you shall not go about as a tale-bearer among your people nor shall you take a stand against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. Again, Leviticus 19 and verse 16. The language in the following proverb is quite descriptive. Listen, the words of a talebearer are like tasty trifles, and they go down into the inmost body, Proverbs 18 and verse 8, and also 26 and verse 22. It's interesting that that particular proverb is written down twice in the book of Proverbs. The words of a talebearer are like tasty trifles. Oh, can you get the image there? You go into a bakery and you see oh, all these pastries there. Oh, they look so great. Now, they have 10,000 calories, <laughs> but but look how good they are. And, and so you buy a couple of different ones, maybe three or four different ones. You take the first bite, and oh, it's so good your toes curl. <laughs> you just, uh, you, you close your eyes and, and you just, wow, and you chew that up. The taste is exquisite, and you swallow it down, and you want the next bite. Well, that's how, that, that's what the scriptures are, are describing as tale-bearing or gossiping. You hear something, and, and remember I said salacious? You hear something, oh, tell me more. Uh, really? And then, you, you, then the conversation goes back and forth, and whatever the gossip is, it may become broader <laughs> in scope now and adding, adding details to it that are not even there. But, oh, and, and you... Tell me more. I want to hear. No, tell me. And then you can't wait to go and call somebody else or run over and talk to somebody else about what you just heard as gossip about somebody, somebody you know, somebody you just heard about. To be guilty of gossiping is to be guilty of unnecessarily telling things, particularly about others, that don't need to be told. A talebearer reveals secrets, the Scripture says, but he who is a faithful spirit conceals a matter. Proverbs 11 and verse 13. Now, I want us to stop and think. We'll come back next time and dig a little bit deeper and talk a little bit more about this incredibly destructive and sinful practice. It's a problem of the heart. Gossip. Let's pray. Father, help us 
to control our speech and to control our thinking, to try to keep our minds focused on glorifying you through the way we live our lives and the way we conduct ourselves. And help us, Father, to stay away from the incredibly destructive practice of gossip. Help us to have pure hearts, Father. Please, we pray. Please forgive us, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.